On today's show, Damian Lillard traded to the Milwaukee Bucks in the blockbuster deal of the NBA summer. How good can a duo of Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard be together for Milwaukee? And then grading the Portland Trailblazers' return on the Damian Lillard trade package, getting involved in multiple trades, also flipping Drew Holiday to the Boston Celtics, who have committed to the arms race in the Eastern Conference, competing with the Milwaukee Bucks. They missed out on Dame, but they still got Drew Holiday. We're going to unpack all of it coming up right here on Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to another Monday edition of Locked On NBA, the biggest stories with the local experts. I'm your Monday host, Jackson Gatlin, also host of Locked On Rockets right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your very first purchase. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen each and every day. Whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym, thank you for making Locked On NBA part of your day every single day. Joining us now is the host of Locked On Bucks, Kane Pittman, who you can track down wherever you listen to your podcasts and on YouTube. Just search Locked On Bucks. Kane, you were here on this exact show one week ago as we were <laughs> pontificating and trying to figure out what the future held for Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks after his recent comments about the team, making sure everybody was on the same page about pursuing a championship. And here we are a week later. The team has picked up Damian Lillard, the new superstar duo in the NBA, Giannis and Dame, the full trade as it stands right now, as the Bucks are concerned, because then the Blazers went on to flip Drew Holiday, and we'll tackle that uh, you know a little bit more on another segment, but Bucks get Damian Lillard, the Blazers walk away with Drew Holiday, who they then subsequently flip to the Celtics, but also DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, 2029 first round Bucks pick and a Bucks pick swap, and the Suns walk away with Yusuf Nurkic, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson, and Grayson Allen. Immediate reaction to this trade, Kane, and the fact that we we thought about the idea of maybe the Bucks try to tear things down and, and rebuild, retool around Giannis, and here we are with the hottest new NBA duo. Well, there's a couple of things that uh, I first thought of, and when we had that discussion last week, the idea was around the Milwaukee Bucks not having the assets to be able to acquire a player like Damian Lillard. We did question the idea of that 2029 first-round draft pick and how valuable that might be to an opposition team, whether it was for a Damian Lillard trade or another superstar trade down the line. I think we can assume that that pick was viewed as a potentially very valuable asset to have for Portland down the line. They also get two pick swaps unprotected. So 2028, 2029, 2030 could be a lucrative period for the Portland Trailblazers. I think the other thing that we maybe didn't quite spend enough time discussing was the potential trade value of Drew Holiday, because ultimately when you try and figure out what the package was to acquire Dame, you now have to include Drew Holiday and what they were able to get from the Boston Celtics. And I think overall, this package is pretty nice. I think they got a good uh, value for Damian Lillard, a guy that that situation was not going to work. And if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, you've answered the call pretty quickly from Giannis when he says, hey, is this franchise committed to winning moving forward? I think bringing in Damian Lillard for multiple seasons on that contract that we know he's got, a superstar player, the best player that Giannis would have ever played with, the best player that Dame has ever played with will be Giannis. 
I think that's a big tick for the Bucks front office. No, absolutely. Huge commendations all around for the Bucks front office for pulling off this deal. We've been referring to this as the arms race out east, right? Because the Bucks yeah. pull off this deal, the Celtics immediately sweep, and they're like, all right, well, we'll take a Drew Holiday then as, as our consolation prize, missing out on Damian Lillard. What can we expect? What are you most excited about between a Giannis-Dame duo in Milwaukee? Well, the half-court offense has been problematic. The three-point shooting in the postseason has been problematic. Uh, and I think the biggest difference... As much as we love Drew Holiday, he is a star in this league defensively. He is all-world, and he's had some big moments on offense. During the postseason, his efficiency hasn't been there as a scorer before Drew Holiday. It was Eric Bledsoe. We know his efficiency wasn't there in the postseason either. And now you've brought in not just an upgrade in terms of shot creation and a guy that is going to have the gravitational pull for the opposition defense. You've maybe got... The, the best guy in the league from the perimeter, Steph Curry, maybe not included there, but right alongside that guy. And he is playing with a superstar in Giannis that I don't think that the combination of skill sets could be any more perfect with each other in terms of how they can help each other uh, from an offensive perspective. So uh, it's a perfect match. And when we've discussed the idea of superstar plays, you think a lot about wings, uh, but this is without question the most talented point guard Giannis has ever played with. And I think, too, it takes a lot of the pressure off of Giannis now, right? Where now he's really, I mean, you know, Chris Middleton's been that guy a little bit. Drew's been that guy situationally, right, where you can put the ball in their hands and let them steer and orchestrate the offense occasionally. But now you legitimately have another full-blown superstar who is on arguably the same level as Giannis talent-wise just to to be able to take over in certain situations of the game. The Bucs have really struggled in late-game situations, and I think a part of that, because if you are looking for a perimeter jump shot, all eyes have been on Chris Middleton. And unfortunately, over the last year, Chris Middleton's had some health stuff as well, and hopefully he's healthy, because that's going to be a big question mark still for this Bucs team moving forward. But now, whether it's the attention you're going to have to have on Damian Lillard in the fourth quarter on the perimeter, Chris Middleton is now your third guy. Brooke Lopez is going to be out there on the perimeter and you're going to have all this space for Giannis to work with uh, going downhill. I just think that the Bucs now offensively are asking questions in the half court that they just have not had the personnel to do so in previous years. And when you talk about the fourth quarter collapses they had against Miami last year where they just weren't able to have the offense come unglued, I think now uh, they have significantly more firepower than they've had in the past. And not only more firepower, it feels like the team has a lot of depth now. When you look at the projected starters, right? Dame, Pat Connaughton, Middleton, Giannis, Lopez. But then all the depth coming off the bench, they just signed. We found out campaign is coming to town as well. So they've got some additional backup point guard depth there. Really, it, it, the entire roster feels like they've got a nice, like, you know, 10, 11 guys deep on this roster, as well as now being pretty top heavy with the talent that they've got in, in a Dame-Giannis duo. They definitely needed to address the backup point guard position. And uh, as soon as campaign came on the market, we were discussing on Locked on Bucks. Well, how can the Milwaukee get involved here? They don't have a roster spot. We think maybe there's going to be a trade down the line, but you suspected that the market for campaign was going to be pretty fierce among contenders. But I think this worked both ways. If you are Cameron Payne, you're looking at Milwaukee and saying, well, you literally don't have a backup point guard right now. The team is going to be awesome but there is legitimately 15 to 20 minutes a night for me to walk straight in on opening night and play straight away. He's been reliable for the Phoenix Suns. He's a very good backup point guard in the league. He's played around 20 minutes per game over four seasons in Phoenix. Gets you 10 points, four assists, 38% from three. So I think it's a nice little addition and certainly a position that the Bucs absolutely had to upgrade. 
Kane, when you look at this, and this may be a, a little a little early here, but Giannis and Dame, I want to give you a, a fill in the blank here. Giannis and Dame are the blank best duo in the NBA before even stepping foot on the court together. Well, it's interesting because I think about uh, the fit of uh, some of the duos around the league. So there, there's obviously plenty of, of teams that have two superstars, whether it's Dallas and Luka and Kyrie, uh, the Clippers, if those guys play, Paul George and Kawhi <laughs> Leonard. But if you talk about the fit, I think that the only duo that that really works as well as Dame and Giannis, and I understand we haven't seen them play yet, but on paper, the duo that works as well as Dame and Giannis are the guys that just won the title, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. We've seen Jamal Murray have absolutely massive moments right throughout the postseason. So uh, I think in terms of the way that these guys are going to be, uh, be able to work off each other offensively and us, more questions than any other on the defensive end. I've only got Jokic and Murray that are in that category. Damian Lillard headed to Milwaukee. How far can Giannis and Dame go as a superstar duo? You're going to have us covered for all that and more over at Locked On Bucks. Kane, I appreciate you stopping by Locked On NBA with me. Jackson, you're a good man. Coming up, the Boston Celtics may have missed out on Damian Lillard, but they went and secured Drew Holiday as the Blazers look to flip him in the aftermath of the Dame deal. How will the new-look Boston Celtics perform this season with Drew Holiday and Kristaps Porzingis? We're going to tackle that in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, you shouldn't have to stress about buying tickets when you're trying to go out and have a good time, right? Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events happening near you. They've got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seats. So you know exactly the type of bang you're getting for the buck that you are spending. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even a half hour after it starts. It is the place to go for last-minute tickets. They've got zone deals. You pick your section, and game time picks the seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on mba for 20 dollars off your very first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on mba l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-n-b-a for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed and continuing on here at Locked On NBA Monday. Be sure to tune in for our very next episode right here at Locked On NBA as we have you covered for all of the reactions and analysis from NBA Media Day. Who are the winners and losers of NBA Media Day? Be sure to tune in right back here at Locked On NBA for all of it. Joining us now is the host of Locked On Celtics and Locked On NBA, John Corrales. You can track down wherever you listen to your podcast and on YouTube. Just search Locked On Celtics. John, it's an Eastern Conference arms race, and the Celtics are right there in the thick of it. They may have lost out on a potential you know, Damian Lillard acquisition, but maybe quite possibly the next best thing, Drew Holiday, immediate reaction to this trade. Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, a 2024 Golden State Warriors first round pick, and then the 2029 Boston unprotected first round pick for Drew Holiday. Immediate reaction to this deal. Uh, it's it's the Celtics really, really leaning into Joe Missoula's preferred style. Uh, you think about it, they they turned Marcus Smart into Drew Holiday. They turned Robert Williams basically into Kristaps Porzingis. And as far as starters go, they had shooting now at all of these positions where they didn't uh, in, in the past. Uh, the question we always ask is: Are the Celtics better? Is a team better after the trade? And I think I think they might be a little bit better, but they gave up a lot. And Brad Stevens had said, 
we were trying to rework the rebalance our roster to explain trading Marcus Smart for Kristaps Porzingis. Now he sends out a big for a guard along with another guard. And it's it's like, oh, okay, well, this rebalancing thing, what, what what's that about? So it's an interesting move. The Celtics are certainly different. I do think that they're a little bit better. Uh, and I just think that their offense is going to be really, really good with now a very interesting kind of defense. Yeah, on paper, I feel like they got better. But then my immediate reaction is you look at their top six, right? They're, they're projected, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Drew Holiday now. Uh, Al Horford, Kristaps Porzingis, and Derek White. Hell of a top six, but then maybe kind of a drop-off after that top six where you you have to make it yeah. through an 82-game slog, and now this is a Celtics team without a ton of depth. It That's one of the problems. The, the, the downside to this trade is the depth and the money. They're super expensive, but first things first, uh, you know, they, they brought in, uh, you know, winning Gabriel, uh, somebody that's going to Maybe hold down the fort. We'll see what he what he looks like for for the Celtics as a third big. The problem is that Porzingis is you know checkered injury history. Uh, Al Horford is thirty seven. He'll be thirty eight if the Celtics make the final. Well, he'll be thirty eight no matter what. But he'll be on the floor as a thirty eight year old if they make the finals. And so you don't as durable as he's been. It's hard to rely on him. So they do need some help at the at the center spot and also now depending on what their starting lineup is do they do they bring uh Derek White off the bench or do they start both of those guys bring out Horford off the bench either way you're you're one of the backup positions if you start Horford um you have Derek White coming off the bench but if you start White then Peyton Pritchard's your 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 backup point guard and he's fine but that's not how I want the Celtics to go into the playoffs. So they have more work to do. This is not a complete roster. They have some tools and, and maybe you can get something out of O'Shea Brissett and maybe Lance, I keep saying Lance, uh, 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 Lamar Stevens. Uh, maybe those guys can come in and, and, and help out, but it's the depth is, is an immediate pressing concern for the Celtics. You know, d despite some of maybe the immediate concerns about this trade, we did mention it. We think, at least on paper, they're a better team. You mentioned leaning into kind of Joe Missoula style a little bit. How would you best define or kind of describe maybe the the new identity for the Celtics team now with, with kind of leaning further into that style? Shooting, shooting, shooting. It's That's their identity. Shoot, 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 baby. And when you're done shooting, shoot some more. Uh, like I said, you got a guy in uh, Holiday – that in the regular season has shot really, really well, shot 39.5% for Milwaukee. Now in the playoffs, it's a different story, and we're going to see if he's a different kind of playoff performer in Boston than he was in the past. We'll see. Kristaps uh, Przingis has no playoff experience to speak of. What's he going to be as a playoff performer? We don't know, but you took Robert Williams, who I loved as a player, but he's not a shooter. Now you've got shooting at all five positions. And depth being what it is, they they still have questions to answer. But the shooting that Joe Missoula really, really covets is going to be there. And there's going to be tons of space on the floor for Tatum and Brown to work. And there's going to be a new dynamic with Kristaps Porzingis there as just a big guy who is coming off his best year as a post-up player. 
So it's it's really I know they traded for Drew Holiday, so it's weird saying offense first, but that's what they're thinking. That's what they're thinking is offense first. They have the potential to be a really good defensive team if Porzingis can be a pretty good rim protector. And obviously, you get Drew Holiday to defend Damian Lillard. I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty slick deal to get the guy that your direct rival traded away to now guard the guy that they they traded for. So it's it's a really like if you're watching the chess match, you know, and Brad Stevens makes that move, everybody goes, ooh, you know, <laughs> we'll see how it goes, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I like honestly, in all of this, I just think it was a really big response from the Celtics, right? Where okay, you're you're in the hunt, right? You're you're maybe able to come away with Dame, and then he goes to arguably your biggest competition out east, yeah. and you're thinking, okay, well, how do we ma- how do we match this? Well, Drew Holiday is going to get flipped. Let's just go get that guy. It, it's almost it was almost a perfect sequence of events because instead of now going back in the season, not necessarily running it back, but you know having you know, the pieces that they would have had in, in Rob Williams, in uh, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, kind of still in their roles. Now you're just completely giving the, the Celtics a facelift instead of only a slight change with, you know, smart for Porzingis, basically. Yeah, yeah. And look, we don't know exactly how much of this was Philly hot on Drew Holiday's heels, mm-hmm. Miami hot on Drew Holiday's heels. Boston paid a price. Like, there's no doubt they paid a price. You, you got to give something to get something. Brogdon, this is an upgrade for Malcolm Brogdon, but you have to give up Rob to get it. And a 2029 pick that's unprotected, we'll deal with that in 2029. Uh, <laughs> that's a future Brad Stevens that's, problem. That's tomorrow's problem. Uh, but you you did give something up, and I feel like some of this is you you, you had a choice. Either pay the price now, and the new collective bargaining agreement is making everything very short term for these expensive teams. This is the year. This is the window for Boston and for a lot of these other teams. It's all in now. You see Phoenix doing it. You see Milwaukee doing it. These super expensive teams are going all in now because they know tough decisions are coming down the road. So you just bite the bullet. You do it. And you're keeping this guy away from these other teams instead of having Milwaukee get better. One of these other Eastern conference teams that is good, get better. Now Boston's like, you know what? Keep these other teams in the back on the back burner. Keep Philly in, in like a mess. Keep Miami from thinking that they, they've got some, uh, you know, something cooking there. It's us. It's Milwaukee. Let's, let's just load on up. And it is, you said at the beginning, Everybody's referring to this as an arms race, and it really is. Everybody's loading up. Boston said, we're going for it now, and this is this is it. Worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. It's a super expensive team. Uh, they're going to be very, very difficult roster decisions to be made as soon as next summer. Uh, and I don't know how what, what it's going to be, but hopefully there's a championship kind of hangover for the Celt- for for Celtics fans because some tough decisions are going to have to be made. Are the Boston Celtics now a better team with Drew Holiday and of course Kristaps Porzingis their acquisition earlier this offseason how far can they go with the new duo the new duo added to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown you'll have this covered for all of that and more over at Locked On Celtics John I appreciate you stopping by Locked On NBA with me. You got it anytime my man.
Coming up, grading the Portland Trailblazers' return on their Damian Lillard trade of package. Was it better or worse than the expected return that we thought they were going to get from the Miami Heat? And what is the future in Portland for head coach Chauncey Billups? It's coming up here in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked On NBA Monday. As always, thanks so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked On NBA. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Joining us now is the host of Locked On Blazers, Mike Richmond. You can track down wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked On Blazers. Mike, the Damon Lillard saga coming to an end. You called it. The trade happened, but it wasn't the Miami Heat. We were in this spot exactly one week ago trying to figure out what was going to happen with Damian Lillard and what a trade it was as it currently stands. The current trade return for Damian Lillard. DeAndre Ayton, Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, Tamani Kamara, uh, three first-round picks, and a couple pick swaps across the board. And they could still flip... Malcolm Brogdon. There's still pieces that, you know, could be on the move here. So just your immediate reaction, how does this return so far stack up compared to what felt like the expected return all summer that we were, we thought we were headed for Damian Lillard in South Beach? I think they did a better job than what they would have gotten from Miami in the end. Um, they didn't necessarily approach it the way typically... Uh, you do with these sort of rebuilding type pivot trades where you prioritize draft capital, salary relief and uh, draft assets or, and, uh, and, and uh, young players rather, excuse me. And they didn't get anyone in return. Who's on a rookie contract other than to money Camara. They did not get, um, you know, they didn't get salary relief. They took on Aiton's fat contract into the future. Uh, Robert Williams has two years left. Malcolm Brogdon has two years left, but they they went a maybe non-traditional route compared to what we've seen in recent superstar trades. And I think they, I think they did a good job. I think the risk on Nathan is worth it. Um, Robert Williams, if he's healthy, is very, very good. Um, and the Blazers now can play him backup minutes because they have real center depth with uh, him and Aiton. That's like kind of an enviable center rotation in the league all of a sudden for a team that played freaking Yusuf Nurkic and Drew Eubanks and then a lot of Trendon Watford last year. So quite a, quite a change. It's the picks are similar to maybe what it would have been for Miami uh, late picks, you know, down into the future and some swaps. But I think it is better to bet on Milwaukee bottoming out in 2029 than Florida not becoming an appealing place for millionaires to live. Um, it's just we have more evidence that Milwaukee has had, you know, bigger lulls and they're in there as a franchise than the Miami Heat, who've been good pretty much always. The, the piece that, you know, DeAndre Ayton feels like kind of this, it feels like he has kind of a negative rep right now off coming off of, you know, a not great postseason run with the Suns, um, kind of a, a depreciated asset a little bit here. But as far as being the centerpiece of a trade, right, I think that people are, are maybe a little bit short-sighted or, or maybe some, some short-term memory here just because he was a number one overall pick, right? He had a good place on that Phoenix Suns team. He was a big part of their finals run before. And I think this could be a good position for him to rehabilitate his value a little bit. His contract is a little bit on the more sizable side, but he's still only 25 years old, right? There's really nowhere to go but up for him alongside the rest of this Blazers young core that they've got. Yeah, I mean, 
he averaged 18 and 10 and people act like he's bad. And and I get it, right? He I watched him play in the playoffs. It he is he could be a frustrating fellow. I also watched the 2021 playoffs where he guarded Jokic as well as anyone has in two years. Um, he was he played with a real verve and real force in that run. He didn't have it after that. Things went sideways in Phoenix. And then and then there was the whole contract situation. Clearly, he didn't get along with Monty Williams. Um He's getting a chance to be sort of free of that system in a place where they're probably going to play faster than they did in Phoenix, which I think can help him. And, you know, he might not ever be this sort of defensive monster, right? He might not ever be this crazy glass cleaner guy, but I think he has a chance to average like 23 and 12 in Portland with like relatively minimal improvement to his game. And I think if you get a 25 year old who averages 23 and 12, it's a decent flyer to take. That's a great place to start. And you say, we have a seven footer who can really score. We'll figure out the rest later. What does this kind of the way that Joe Cronin navigated this whole situation, this entire offseason, tell us about, about his kind of competency as a manager, as a GM? Well, um, there's, I would, I, my gut says to say bad words, but I'll respect the Locked On podcast. It suggests that he's a real um, bee in your bonnet, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. he, um, he, he, he really, he up, I think he really upset the Damien, Damien Lord and his camp on the way out of town. And he did it because he said, I don't like the Miami package. I, I'm not going to negotiate with him because I don't like it. And then he kind of, it seems like pretty much st- stopped communicating or cut off communication with um with Damian Lord's camp and to depending on who's reporting you read he did it on purpose because he was concocting this big trade which sends Dame to a really good spot to be clear it's a really good spot for Dame to end up but um he was willing to prioritize team over star departing star which is literally his job it's quite quite literally his job so I think this was a really good summer for Joe Cronin because it looked like for a while he was going to get bullied um, and, and kind of look, you know, I don't think his like job would have been in jeopardy if he tra- if there was you know, only one team that was really but, but interested. But it's really in hard for, for managers to come out on top of a situation like this. Star demands out. You're, you're operating 100%. with no leverage whatsoever. Yeah, he and he he found whatever leverage he possibly could and got a solid return. Again, it's not maybe a traditional return that we've seen from superstars recently, but this is a solid return. And if they flip Brogdon further, like, and get more draft capital and young players or whatever it might be, and you continue to expand the return on Damian Lillard, it's, he's just going to look better. I think he looks, it was a TBD after the first portion of this trade where they acquired Drew Holiday. And it looks, I I, I think this is a straight up good deal for Dame uh, now that we've made it two and a half days later post the Drew Holiday era. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> yeah, Drew Holiday, shout out to uh, his you know, amazing Blazers era. Can't wait to see his jersey up in the rafters with the other Blazers greats. Um, no, and and kind of pitting those two teams against one another, right? The two teams kind of vying for Dame and then going, hey, well, you know what, Boston, you missed out on Dame, but we've got a, a lightly used Drew Holiday. How would you feel about that? And then, you know, being able to get more assets back for him. I think it's it's an absolute steal of a deal. I think he navigated the situation incredibly well. I think he also created the holiday market by making the trade, that's, right? That's right. Um, because Milwaukee gets better and Boston says, oh, 
oh crap, like we have to, we need to get better also. So he he just, he had artificially created a Drew Holiday market, a demand for Drew Holiday that didn't exist by making the trade. So he did a great job, I think. And if it wasn't Boston, it may have been one of the other Eastern Conference teams, right? Maybe Miami right. comes knocking because they missed out on Dame. Maybe Philadelphia tries to get involved because they need a new backcourt partner because James Harden is still going to be MIA. No idea what's going on in that situation in Philly. So there was a, a lot to be said for how he navigated that whole situation. I think he deserves you know, a, a lot of respect for how he made this whole thing come about. The last thing here, though, that I'm so curious about kind of going into the season, what is this year like for Chauncey Billups, right? Because he was brought in to coach a team that wasn't full of 19 and 20 year olds, right? This is a very different team than the team he was brought in to coach. Is, is he on the hot seat? Is there maybe trust in the organization that he can be the guy to see them through what is now officially, now that Dame is gone, the start of a, a Blazers rebuild? You know, I don't think his seat is hot right now. And I think that on media day on October 2nd, they are going to give Chauncey the most, the loudest vote of confidence possible to lead this team. Great. That's a, that's a good thing to say. They should say that. This is the year he needs to prove he can be a good coach in the league. The first year was a mess. The second year he was not successful. So you get a free pass and then you get a bad year. I don't think you get a second bad year after, after those two. So I don't think they need to be good, right? They can win 32 games. They can win 27 games. Like they could be bad. They can win. They can lose 50 games. It's fine. They just need to have uh, an identity. He needs to help this young group develop an identity. What do they do? What are the, what? And when you play the Blazers, what are they going to be? Because last year, what they were going to be is an offense led by Damian Lillard and one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Dame's gone. You have a chance to put your stamp on it. And Chauncey's got to put his stamp on it. And then they can decide whether he's part of the future or not. What more will the Blazers be able to flip from the remains of the Damian Lillard trade? What will the future look like in Portland? Can Chauncey Billup put his stamp on the team? You'll have us covered for all of that and more over at Locked On Blazers. Mike, appreciate you stopping by Locked On NBA with me. Thanks for having me. That's going to do it for another Monday edition of Locked On NBA. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked On NBA. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked On NBA, the biggest stories with the local experts. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.